Monday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And you got to give us that five-star review because, hey, we're pretty cool. And as always, we taught judging in MMA, so head on over to abcboxing.com to read the scoring criteria. Yeah, Dan, we uh, we had a little bit of that scoring criteria over the past couple of days, haven't we? Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool. Uh, for those who have been following the show, we Dan and I spent the weekend, and, and I'm still there, in Niagara Falls, New York, at the ABC conferences, annual conferences, referee and judge training. Yeah, it was a good time. It was. It was a lot of information. Uh, I think we'll probably save the takeaways from that uh, and also stuff that I'm going to learn over the next couple of days uh, at the ABC conference itself. Uh, we'll share that in a special episode that we're going to do later in the week. Um, but yeah, well, for now, let's let's just kind of keep it regular still. Yeah, keep this probably, one on UFC I'm, London. I'm sure that we'll, um, you know, things may come up. You know, from the weekend, but we'll we'll save we'll save the proper conversation for a couple of days. So yeah. stay tuned for that. But I will say, you know, I just want to make sure I give a quick shout to all the people who, um, you know, said hello uh, to Dan and I over the weekend. You know, said you know they listen to the show, they support the show, they really like the show. Uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, if you're a new listener, if you heard about us because of of our trip out. Uh, thank you very much for discovering us. It's, it, you know, and and please, by all means, come and say hello to me uh, while I'm still here. I'm, 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 I don't bite. You know, I think that's kind of gross. So I don't do that. And it's also a foul. Yeah, you cannot bite. <laughs> no, no, not in MMA. It is a foul. Spitting and biting. No fouls. And then can't just, do it. Just FYI, Scott's on a cell phone right now. I am so on a cell phone. Like I don't sound as good. I don't sound as good today. Uh, I also kind of had like I like lost part of my voice. On Friday, so I don't sound normal anyway. I don't really know why. Uh, I think it's come. I feel. I feel like it sound better, Dan, than I did at least on Friday. Yeah, you're getting better. When my voice was cracking, I was yeah. kind of like, yeah, <laughs> you know, a little bit of that going on. Going through it's second puberty, I think is what I'm going through. Oh, okay, that's what they say. You go through second puberty. All right. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I just make things up. But Dan, we like you said, we had UFC London on Saturday. We also had Bellator. 283 on Friday, which, honest to goodness, didn't have enough time to get into uh, other than some of the prelims that I was able to catch. Good good event from what I was watching. I hear the main event was absolutely atrocious. But uh, we will focus squarely on UFC London because we did get the chance to watch, at the very least, you know, the, the, the main takeaways, the, of course, contested rounds, uh, some finishes as well. Let's start before we get into contested rounds, as we always do, Dan. First off, real terrible about Tom Aspinall suffering just a just a freak injury. Yeah, that that's a shame. He was just hope he comes back, uh, recovers, comes back, uh, gets to jump back in right where he left off. So he's only twenty nine, you know, and and obviously it's a knee injury. We don't, I don't think we know the details of it yet, but the way it looked, it was just pretty terrible. It was really unfortunate. The fight never got going. Neither one of them really got to showcase their skills or what they'd been working for for months, especially with. You know, this was a key fight. This was a key heavyweight fight. You know, the winner of this, in theory, could get themselves in, you know, in the, the short title picture or whatever that means for the heavyweight division, which is kind of on pause. But nonetheless, you know, win there, 
uh, let's say a clean win especially would have made it a lot easier to say hey maybe one of these guys ought to be in you know either a title fight or an interim title fight or an interim interim title fight because who knows what the heck they're gonna have to do <laughs> you know yeah who uh, who really knows what's gonna happen I, I, isn't isn't gone and tuivasa scheduled to fight they are they are um that there's no title uh upper grabs not not an interim not an interim interim or, or you know tertiary interim or whatever they would call it still holding so, out hope for jones miocic i feel like that's what yeah, there some combination thereof you know i, mean, I think it sounds like francis and knee still isn't quite right so i guess they don't really have him yet who knows maybe by the end of the year there's always the contract situation too so who knows um <laughs> well, there's a lot of mysteries uh, involving the heavyweight division right now, so it's pretty much on pause, and it almost seems like a you know, hey, don't don't worry about this. Don't even really look too look too closely at it. We don't really hear much, right? Yeah. But this would have been a nice fight, and unfortunately, we didn't get that. Nonetheless, Curtis Blades does leave London with two checks, which is always nice. Um, it's not the cleanest win whatsoever, but it's it's a, a technically a win is is a win for for his contract and all that. And also, I mean, he's been doing pretty well. I mean, he had the nice win over uh, Chris Dawkins earlier this year. Can he get a title shot next off of this? Because, again, it is kind of a complicated setup here with the division. Do you think that there's a possibility that he could find his way into some form of title fight next? Maybe if for some reason Stipe ain't ready to go, whoever wins, gone into Ivasa for the fight blades for the interim. Uh, and, again, presuming that there would be no... John Jones right, here yeah. or Francis Ngannou too. So basically the top, and I don't want to say John Jones is a top three heavyweight. We don't know what he is at heavyweight, but let's say the top three names at heavyweight. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that would be like a mildly reasonable interim title fight. If, if we're saying that everything else is completely tied up, I don't like interim title fights, but realistically we're in a scenario where there's, there's some logic there. We're in a scenario where the heavyweight champ may not be with the organization. So, we don't really know exactly, which I almost feel like that's more of a reason for them to not do the interim belts. <laughs> oh my God, it's a, it's so backwards. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, I could I could see him getting a title shot next as long as that title is you know probably an interim belt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be very hard for Curtis Blades to get booked against Francis Ngannou next. I think probably everything else would have to be denied, right? Because he's obviously lost two fights now by stoppage to him. Yeah, the, the, uh, that wouldn't happen unless he, he's the only one left, really. In theory. But, you know, stranger things, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously there's not really much to take away from that situation, That the main event that everybody wanted to tune in for, the heavyweight fight that actually people like to watch, you know? But in the co-main event, there was the victory from Jack Manson, which uh, at first action man Chris Curtis was not a fan of. Uh, Cooler has prevailed. Realized he was being, you know, maybe a bit of a jerk. And, you know, he made amends and everybody's all smiles. Actually, man and the Joker, they're, they're all good now. Um, but yeah, Hermanson comes away with a win here. He obviously lost that fight uh, in February. But, uh, I mean, look, he's one of the guys who has not fought Israel Adesanya. Not a whole lot of them in the top 10 at middleweight. Um, he has the loss to Sean Strickland recently. Sean Strickland obviously lost recently too. But let's just say for argument's sake, Adesanya gets through Alex Pajera later this year or whenever that is. How close is Jack Hermanson to getting that title shot? What do you think? Nah, 
I don't really know. I mean, middleweight's such a disaster right now. Uh, as far as Izzy beating everyone, but he's got <laughs> he's got three guys that are ranked ahead of him that that beat him also. Cannoneer, sure. Vittori, Strickland. But none of them so, are getting that title shot. Is the thing. It's like, what are they gonna do? Eventually, they gotta uh, go to somebody who's kind of a fresh body, right? I mean, maybe you go Hermanson versus Whitaker. If he can beat Whitaker, then you know you give him the shot. But then what? Then what are you left with? Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying you that you give him a title shot for this fight. I don't think that would be good protocol. But you know, I mean, yeah, maybe like something like that. One opponent to get there. I just wonder if Whitaker is the right guy just because if he wins, well, you just knocked off somebody with a fighter who really isn't going to get a third shot at Adesanya probably either. Yeah, I mean, they may they may try to push Dreykus Duplessis very hard. Uh, oh, yeah, Dreykus Duplessis, that, that's an interesting one. They also may uh, try to push Andre Muniz. So. Either of those, actually, I think that's, I like those. I like those ideas. And I think probably the winner off of that one Mm-hmm. gets a whole lot closer to a title shot, especially if it's probably the other two names than Hermanson. I think Hermanson right. would probably be looked at as the not a gatekeeper. Well, the stepping no, stone. the gatekeeper's a stepping stone, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, but certainly one who's capable of taking a step further himself, right? Oh, he could. And then, I mean, you always, I mean, I guess Darren Till's kind of in the mix a little bit, somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't even count out Sean Strickland. I mean, there's somebody, Sean Strickland will get another fight at some point, and, you know. Will he be smart enough to not just stand and bang with the the top striker in the division? One of the hardest <laughs> hitters, apparently, at his weight class. I don't know. Maybe he'll be smarter than that. Maybe he won't. But uh, at some point, he'll probably get another shot, right? Yeah, he's going to stick around for a while. He's, he's a good fighter, even though he's kind of opposite of what he preaches. <laughs> yeah, as far as the... Uh, yeah, oh yeah, he's all about killing and murdering in the cage. And then, well... I mean, he did get murdered in the cage, more or less. Yeah, he gave us some. Uh, His heart's still beating. He's, he's healthy, as far as we can tell. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see scenarios where Hermanson does, let's say, 12 months from now, he get her a title shot or something like that, you know? Mm. I can see it. But I mean, it's possible. It's probably tougher. If Pajeda wins... It, and then obviously they're gonna give Izzy instant rematch, and then sure, sure, that changes the whole calculus. So, but we're we'll operate just for argument's sake of this conversation, just so we can have it. Adesanya wins, and then they move forward. Okay. Where are we at now? Yeah. You know, so we do need somebody that he can fight next. And it's really at this point, it really ought to be a fresh contender. I think we're kind of getting sick of the 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 reruns you know, of some of these fights and it's just, none of them are really working out. No one's really establishing himself. There's a Darren Till is not healthy. So that's not going to happen. Like we kind of mentioned. Um, but I, I kind of like the idea of putting kind of who you mentioned, Andre Muniz and, and Drikas Duplessis. Drikas Duplessis is probably a little farther away than Muniz. I think he's probably, Muniz is a lot closer right. to getting there. Like he might just need one more win potentially, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll see. I think I don't, I don't think middleweight's such a disaster. Like you're, I think there's some interest there. It's just they're a little farther down. They need to come up. There's interest further away. Sure, per, but pa, it'll come winning, quick. Pajeda winning, Brett breathes some life into the division. Oh, tons, so. tons, tons, tons. It's 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 intrigue. It allows some of those other guys to maybe come up, even if Adesanya was to win, let's say the rematch or something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. And either way, I mean, if, if Pajeda wins, and then he, let's say he wins a rematch too. I mean, my goodness, then everything opens up. But yeah. that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, we're talking down a kind of going down a rabbit hole here, right? We don't that's want like to go a, too that, far. It's like a full year away. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and so much, so much hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. Let's let's kind of let's take it back. Let's go back to Patty Pimlet, actually, because obviously he's. I mean, he's probably the biggest star who was in fighting in London. I don't think that's even debatable anymore. He's a big star, especially in his in his home country. He might be the next superstar. We'll he see. could be. Yeah. I I just don't know that he's going to top out. I still have doubts about how I can get, but but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm more impressed with him after this win over Jordan Levitt because um, I think Jordan Levitt was an actual legitimate opponent. I think the odds that were kind of put on that fight, I don't I remember exactly what they were, but I think it was like a minus uh, like two something or whatever, right? Was was Patty Pimlet? He was he was a rather sizable favorite. So I thought that was outsized for okay. the challenge that Jordan Levitt brought to the table. And you know, I watched the fight and it's like, okay, it was it was competitive, but Patty Pimlet was better. And I think that is reflective of uh, a closer fight, maybe than the odds stated. But obviously, in the end, who won? Patty Pimlet. Yeah, I mean, first first fight Patty's had that he hasn't been rocked in. But it also he was fighting against Jordan Levitt, who's really not a striker. This so. was not, yeah, it wasn't really made in a way that it was going to rock him. I don't think that was the scenario. People people were betting more on the idea of some sort of teabagging or twerking as opposed to, and obviously there was a, a form of teabagging. I, I wonder yeah. if that paid out. <laughs> I, I God, I hope somebody did. Hope they. Oh, if they if they made one of the weird prop bets of uh, did you bet that uh, Patty Pimlet was going to teabag? Um, Hopefully you got your money from whatever <laughs> strange uh, book was taking that one. But uh, but I mean, what do you think of Patty Pimley after this one? I mean, what do you? Do you I love what's his your ground, general opinion of him. I love his ground game. Okay. I, I love I love the personality. Sure. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan, but he's he's associated with Barstool. Uh, so I love that angle of not it. Not my favorite outlet. That's true. Yeah, I, I love that angle of it. Um, he just he's fun. I I think he's fun. You know, he brings a. Uh, a lot of energy to the pre-fight uh, antics, and then so far he's been able to back it up in exciting ways. So, I I will say this: um, he he brought a good message, uh, a nice healthy message to get out into the world about you know men feeling like they can talk about um, when they're going through stuff. He had a friend who had uh, he he mentioned had, had taken his life. Uh, unfortunately, and talking about how it's okay to be open with that kind of thing. And I think that's a good message to put out in the world. So I did appreciate that from Patty Pimlet. He's also said things that I'm not a fan of, but that that was, that was a positive thing to bring into the world. So I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. I, I, I missed the, uh, I, I didn't see Oh, that you didn't post. listen. No, okay. I didn't watch the post fight. So yeah, no, he was, I guess he had learned just the other day that a friend of his had yeah. unfortunately taken his life and, and he, he was trying to get that in the world. Like, just make sure you talk, you know, talk about when you're going through things. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's better, it's better than not. And, and, you know, everybody goes through mental health in different ways. We don't have to take that conversation all the way down, but nonetheless, I, I just appreciated the message. It was a good message to use with the platform that he brings and, 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 and that certainly goes a long way into me, you know, maybe changing my my outlook on, uh, you know, let's say Patty Pimlet, the personality. Okay, that's good. Yeah. And but, and unfortunate condolences to that to yeah. uh, the family and friends, of course. But uh, going down a little bit further to oh, Alexander okay. Gustafson. Yeah. Or did you have something else on to say? Yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna say the UFC went to London twice this year. Yes. Basically, because of these two, Molly McCann and, and Patty Pimblett. Yes, yes. So, and, and of course, both of the times it was headlined by uh, Tom Aspinall. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think they're, they think they have like the, maybe the next Connor, but 
We'll see. I think they would like to see what they have. I don't know if they think they have the next Connor because there was something special about the talent that Connor had too. You know, he he, he had been a two division champion when he came over, right? Oh yeah, never defended. Warriors, never two. defended. Never defended Conor McGregor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not his style. It's just not his style, mate. Um, but <laughs> terrible accent. I do horrible accents. Um, Patty Pimlet, I just don't know what his actual talent ceiling is. I don't think he's going to have such an easy time of conquering the mountain with the current crop of lightweights that are out there. I think it would be quite a while and quite an evolution of his skill set to get there. But I do think he's still capable of putting butts in seats, especially over there. People even seem to like him over here. Guy can make a lot of money doing that. There's that. I mean, there's that similarity to Connor, but I just don't think he'll really reach the same heights. I don't think he's on that track. Right. That's my opinion. But hey, you can prove me wrong. Why not? We shall see. He's definitely going to get fat again. So. <laughs> oh, hopefully he also finds a, a happier medium in terms of uh, weight gain and loss. So he doesn't have to do the whole, you know, Christian Bale going from the machinist to Batman Begins in, in consecutive movies where he drops down, drops up, or skyrockets up and then goes down again. Yeah. No, maybe less of that. A little, little less strain on the body. <laughs> but especially when you're cutting weight anyway. But uh, if you're if you're all set with Patty, I did want to yeah, talk a little bit about Alexander Gustafson because that was um, kind of a sad fight to watch his his fight against uh, Nikita Krylov. I don't know if it was sad. It was he had, okay. Krylov, you got to give credit to Krylov. He gave him no, no 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 room to breathe. It's like Gustafson got rocked and he that was it. He was on his horse the rest of the way trying to avoid punches. I don't think. He, he, if he didn't get rocked, I think it would have been much more competitive, at least. Well, I and mean, I, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if he didn't get knocked out, then he would have done that's, okay. But huh? that's what. I, but I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying we wouldn't be saying, oh, it's a sad performance. You, you know, I don't think we got to see enough. Is where it, it happened so fast. To, I think to what know it is, if he's done or not. I, so DC had put it out there, the idea that maybe it was time to retire, right? And normally, I'm not. I really don't like to say those things when it comes to fighters because I am not a fighter. I've not done that. I'm just a media guy, and it's not my job to tell a fighter what to do or another person what to do. But one, it's coming from another former fighter, another past opponent of Daniel Cormier, who who knows him, right? I'm looking right here at Alexander Gustafson's record, and he was 15 and one going into the first fight with John Jones. Since that fight, he has gone. Three and seven with TKO against uh, Anthony Johnson, knockout against John Jones, submission against Anthony Smith, submission against Fabricio Verdun, knockout against Nikita Krylov. Um, the last two fights ended inside a half a round. Um, it's just we're, we're not seeing performances that are getting better. He hasn't won in five years. But he's also I just don't I just don't know if I want to see much more of him. But he, he's fighting the top of the division. Sure, no question. But I mean, when Shogun was on on his well, how high is Krilov? So, I mean, I don't remember where he's ranked, but even that, I mean, he's not like no, I don't think he's well, top ten. <laughs> no, but he's still a good fighter. Sure, Krilov was eleven. It just seems, seems like there's a button that's getting pushed a little too easily with Alexander Gustafsson, and it is unfortunate. So, what are they going to do? I mean, there's a lot of hard hitters at 
205, even when you go lower, almost especially when you go lower. Imagine you put him against Yuan Kutelaba. He might win that fight. Or he might get his head taken off because Kutelaba is a madman. It's possible. Sure. I guess, obviously, the, the question that I'm asking is, do you still want to watch Alexander Gustafson fight? You seem like you are uh, on the yes side, if, right? If he doesn't want to fight, then yeah, that's fine. What I'm saying no, 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 is, no. is this, fu- this fight, to me, isn't like, oh my god, he's got to retire. We didn't see anything. We didn't. There, there, was, there was not much there. I'm not to, pointing to, out to that he should retire. DC is. I'm not seeing that. I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm kind of at the point where I don't know if I really want to watch him fight anymore. Now, if he fights, I will watch. I don't want to, but I work in media and I'm gonna watch it. You know, he should be fighting like the way the way Shogun was was booked, kind of towards the end. Yeah, I guess that's probably the way. Maybe him, <laughs> maybe him and Shogun one more time. They already had the fight. Uh, yeah, it was about ten years ago, actually. Why not do it again? Run it back. All right. Let that be the retirement fight, maybe for both of them. <laughs> and I'm not telling him to retire. I said maybe, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of it as far as kind of the the um you know the the storylines that I wanted to talk about. I think probably you too. The only other thing I wanted to mention is the fact that there were uh, a lot of decisions on this card. It was the prelims. I think out of a possible what was it? How many how many prelim rounds could we have had, sir? It was. So he has eight prelim fights. Seven of them went to decision. One ended in the second round. So we could have had 24 rounds, and we had 22 just on the prelims, right? Mm. And in none of them did the judges disagree on the round winner. And in fact, in 24 out of 29 overall, they agreed with only one disagreement on the round winner. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, that's... that's Now, granted... Also a little lopsided some of these fights, right? Yeah, the fighters can help that, but no, no, no. but solid. but nonetheless, nonetheless, it, I think the the English crew comes away with uh, looking yeah, like roses good, here, yeah. right? Solid performance from the judges. Yeah, yeah, collectively, of course. But there are those five contested rounds. That's kind of what we do on the show, right? Yeah. So let's get on into it, and I think we got to lead with the one where they actually did disagree on the round winner. That's where I would like to start anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and in a round that really just didn't matter, it didn't affect the uh, the outcome of the fight, but it was round three of uh, Jack Hermanson's win over Chris Curtis. Unanimous decision, 30-27 to 29-28. So we're talking about round three in which two people saw it for Chris Curtis. Why disagreement, sir? What did what, you see? Yeah, well, Jack comes out throwing head kicks, all of them blocked. Uh, lands a couple punches, but his best shots early are two big leg kicks that had solid immediate in- effect. Uh, outside of that, Jack kind of trying to just stick and move, throwing kicks, but all his kicks are really blocked that aren't going to the leg at this point. Uh, Curtis does land a nice punch to the body, which seemed uh, pretty hard, and Jack stumbles back to the cage. For the most part of the round, it's, it's Jack just staying out of Curtis's range. He's pumping his jab, landing some good teeps. With about a minute 30, Curtis starts landing his offense. He finally, you know, finds him. Uh, lands some good punches to the head and body. But, you know, Hermanson it just keeps landing uh, his bo- these body kicks at this point in the round. He- he's actually getting them through. They're pretty solid. And and Jack's really just staying out of danger for, for most of this round. He's, he's I don't want to say running. He's just, he's just he's strategically staying out of the way. It's a matador style, I feel so, like. 
Yeah, I think it's a 10-9 Hermanson, but I could see a case for Curtis since, you know, some of his lands were were pretty heavy, so. Yeah. It's it's certainly not one that I'm I'm trying to go to bat at, but I also had a Hermanson and I thought it was it was a pretty reasonable not not easy round, but yeah, I felt pretty okay with Hermanson winning this one, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good with Jack winning this one. Yeah. Um yeah, certainly in a round three like this again doesn't matter because Chris Curtis needed a knockout. He didn't know it. I mean, he tried he the should've. DS strategy. He probably should have, but yeah, he tried the, the two hundred nine strategy uh, a bit too late. Yeah, yeah, you got to try that earlier, if right? He did, I mean, the way Jack responded to it after the bell. What if he did that? You know, at the three minute mark. Who knows what would have happened? Who knows? Who knows? We will never know. But what we do know is that you and I saw it the same way as Clemens Werner, uh, the venerable Clemens Werner, uh, who was the only one to see it the same way as you and I for Hermanson, uh, whereas Daryl Ransom, and uh, I'm going to butcher uh, this man's name, but Cesare Wojciechowski, I believe is the right way, and if I got that wrong, sincerely apologize. Uh, but those two judges saw the, the way of Curtis. Didn't matter. Just didn't matter. Yeah, so that's a couchside override. <laughs> love those hope those hope it sounds all right over the phone i think it might have sounded better better huh possibly okay well next time i'm gonna call it in <laughs> i'll be sitting in front of you and i'll be like hold on i gotta pick up the phone <laughs> <laughs> no no but that, but that was the only one that we're, we're talking about a, a round winner here everything else we got four eight nine splits which is very unusual uh, not only not only is it unusual to have that many, but it's unusual that it makes up the majority of the rounds we're going to talk about. Yeah. So, so let's let's get into the first one, which is uh, Nicholas Dalby. This was in the curtain jerker of the evening, uh, or I guess it was morning for those of us over in uh, the United States. Morning, afternoon. Uh, Nicholas Dalby got a thirty. No, excuse me, not a thirty. A twenty nine twenty eight two times and a twenty nine twenty seven against Claudio Silva. Unanimous decision. Round two is the round where we're talking about the 8-9 split. Why? Yes, uh, Silva comes out, gets a quick takedown, and gets to the back pretty quickly, fully locked in body triangle. He's attacking a neck crank. Dobby escapes it, reverses the position. He ends up on top and guard. He's landing some good shots. Uh, they get to the feet, and, and I think Dobby's landing some big shots here. Silva, in my eyes, he's quite diminished. Uh, good damage. Silva isn't really throwing anything back. I don't think it's just a cardio issue at this point. I really think he's hurt. Against the cage, Dobby's landing some great knees everywhere. Head, body, legs. I think we have damage to a strong degree and dominance to not as strong a degree, but but still pretty good. I get the 9, but I, I lean for the 8, so that's where I'm going. I'm going 10-8, and real quick, I've heard the rumors that the UFC canvas is not the nicest service to fight on. Silva's knees must have burnt like hell in the shower. That didn't occur to me, but uh, yeah, I I will say that's one of the many reasons why I'm glad I'm not a uh, a UFC athlete <laughs> because I just don't want to get hurt anymore. I've broken enough cheekbones in my life, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I actually disagree with you, sir. I saw this as the nine. I know you say you get the nine, sure. Um, it just I didn't see honestly more like I I didn't really didn't see the D's the same way as you. I didn't even think it was that high a degree. Uh, uh, of what was going on here, it was you know it was a good round for him, definitely a big round, but it felt more like a like a big ten nine than than anything that was crossing over into the eight for me. Yeah, no, I I think he definitely had him hurt. That's what I, I mean. That's there. fine. That's fine. But I that might be the only thing. 
I think for me. I just don't even know if I'm getting to to dominance necessarily. Well, it's it's dominance because he's not throwing anything back. He's just eating these shots and covering <laughs> up against the cage uh, that, you know, there's nothing I, coming back. All his offense is just the body triangle. And if you want to say I, you get to the nine because of that, I'm all for it. Sure. I I guess I get you. I mean, I'm trying to think back to the, some of the lessons that we were, had uh, applied to us uh, in judge training over the weekend and kind of the idea that, you know, dominance being kind of like outclassing your opponent, right? I, I don't know that that's how I felt necessarily. I think there was just, there was a high spot of damage and, and that was good, but like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like that overall that the dominance was was really there for this round. All right. So I, I felt pretty good about this one just being a nine. I guess I can't go crazy over it. I mean, you're, you're, you're applying some logic here and, and you know, it makes some sense. You saw it the same way as uh, Anders Olsen, the one who gave the eight. I saw it the same way as judges Ben Cartledge and David Leatherby. Uh, all three are fine officials, and yeah, I mean, it's not one to get too upset over. This was round two. It ultimately didn't affect the fight either, so um, well, there you have it, right? What was that? I said, well, there you have it. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, though, to Nathaniel Wood against Charles Rosa. 30-26 two times in a 30-27. We're not talking about any sort of necessarily uh, sweating it out kind of fight. Um but round two in particular is where we're starting to think about, okay, is there maybe a 10-8? Because we have two judges that see it that way. So, yeah, Wood, he's landing some really good leg kicks. Uh, you can see a little bit of limping from Rosa, switching stances. Uh, Wood also landed some solid punches. The thing is, the pace isn't that high. Uh, Wood isn't putting out a crazy output. It's very uh, still deliberate. Uh, he's not, you know, reckless, just searching for a finish here. I think it's tough to check duration. I think there's definitely damage to the legs. Would also seem to stumble uh, Rosa with a punch earlier in the round. Uh, Rosa kept returning fire, landed a couple, nothing much or, or great. So I think dominance is a bit tougher to check, but maybe I can see it. Rosa wasn't really relying on his toughness to stay in there. That's what, I mean, he was relying on his toughness to stay in there. I just needed more from Wood. I, I only get to a 9, 10-9. Yeah, I think I, I'm pretty much with you. It's, it's it's good rationale as far as I'm concerned. Um, not that not that you can't get there, and especially we always have to consider the fact that judges David Leatherby and Daryl Ransom, maybe from their seats, they're able to perceive the damage that's going on and a little bit differently than you and I. You know, um, we didn't get there. You and I, I think we're kind of united here with uh, with again Judge Judge Verner, ten uh, nine Wood. Yeah, another outside override. That is two for Clemens Werner. Good for you, sir. Be different. But also, it's okay if you can justify one way or the other. And that is it for that fight. But we do have two more in the Marchakizi victory over Demir Hadzovic. Again, two 30-26s and a 30-27. But they are in different rounds where the eight was the aberrant score. Well, not aberrant, I guess, the, the outscore, right? So round two and three, start with two for us, sir. Now, Jacquesi gets a takedown very early, landing some pitter-patter. He's not really trying to advance his position. He's just kind of holding his position, winning the round, but not really trying to finish, just content to hang out. After an accidental clash of heads, causing a cut, uh, the fight gets restarted on the feet, and here Jacquesi is like probably like, what, 40 seconds left when it gets restarted. Jacquesi's actually trying to take his head off. Uh in these final seconds. Land some good shots. Didn't really get to an 8 for me. I'm, I'm on 10-9. No, I didn't get there either. I, I thought this was a kind of a 
not, I guess not a textbook nine, but it, it felt like a, a round that really ought to just kind of be a nine. I, I wasn't toying with it that heavily. Yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, I wasn't really crossing my mind here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you and I, obviously, we agreed with uh, Judge Anders Olsen once again. Uh, and, uh, again, I'm going to butcher this man's name, but Judge Wojciechowski. Uh, I feel like I maybe nailed Wojciechowski. I'm hoping I got that. Uh, his first name, I'm, I'm not even going to try again because I, I feel like I'm going to just fail at it. Uh, maybe that's right. I don't know. But um, I, I'm not a uh, – Polish is, is kind of a tricky language, I feel like, for especially for an English speaker such as myself. But I welcome the challenge. If someone wants to try to correct me, I would love to learn it. Um, but it was uh, it was actually Judge Vito Palillo who gave the 10-8 score to Jacese here, uh, which we didn't agree with. But nonetheless, round three. Round three, basically a wrestling clinic this round. Jacese gets a takedown and, and holds Hadjavik there. Doesn't pass. He does land some strikes, some good ones. No real push for a finish. I needed more 10-9. This, watching this round reminded me of something that uh, was actually uh, Sal D'Amato mentioned to us during training uh, earlier today, talking on Sunday. Um, it was the fact that something he said was added three years ago, positional control alone is not considered dominance. And that stuck out with me because, again, we're talking about a round here where, yeah, I mean, he's, he's certainly controlling position, right? I, I, or would you disagree? Yeah, he's, he's, he's controlling them there. But that's it. That's all I really see out of this, yeah. right? It's for the duration of the round, so I feel like, yeah, you probably get the D there. But I don't know if in that context of, of dominance, I don't know that we're supposed to get to the eight there. I don't think he, I don't think he was dominant in his grappling. I, so I'm, I think he was holding position. Yeah, he, applying that lesson, it just doesn't seem right. No passing attempts, no real push to land bombs to, to or subs or really anything, sub right? Yeah. So yeah, I think I think this is just a, a very much a straightforward nine as well. This this to me felt like a fight that really just should have been thirty twenty seven across the board. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I, I, hey, like I'm always that, up for but... stretching definitions, but I, I just don't think we're there. No. So, yeah, that was uh, Judge Wojciechowski was on his own this time. Judges Olsen and Paolillo were the ones who saw this. Then, and sir, that is it. That's our five rounds. That's our contested rounds. Wow, that was fast. It felt a little <laughs> fast, right? Yeah, that was quick. Was, was it good for you too? It was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yes. Dan Dan uh, is is uh he's back home. We were staying in the same hotel room. He is now all the way back in Jersey. And so we're doing this remotely, like we mentioned. And and yeah, I gotta say, you met you left your notes here, sir. I, I well, you can't read them anyway, they're secret. So they are secret. They're written in your secret code, which you call your handwriting. Very difficult to read. I know. Yeah. Hey. I see a set. I I can actually read the word assess. For foul potential points and or three. That's definitely not what it says, but it's it says tree. I know you wrote tree. I don't know why you were talking about trees, but that's what we were. Uh, <laughs> there were five finishes going back to London. There were five finishes. Four of them were KO or TKO. One a sub. Three ended in the first round. What among them was your favorite? It could not have been the end of the the, well, the TKO finish technically for Curtis Blades. No, it wasn't that. But my least favorite finish was not that one. No, it was not that. No, it was that should be my least favorite finish. My least favorite finish was the New York Thruway roads on my shocks. Ah, okay, yes, the incredibly mile long road with nothing but speed bumps. Dan did not enjoy driving up or down to or from 
Niagara Falls because of the the this particular highway. Uh, I guess not a, not a roadblock, but yeah, I mean just a, a hazard. Terrible. Well, at least a well, how about things? How about things that happened across the pond? What was your favorite finish over in England? Uh Patty Pimblett. I thought okay. I thought the way he uh, lands that big knee. He's got like a modified anaconda, really, or like kind of like a arm in bulldog choke almost mm-hmm. that he's got that he uses to take the back locks in the body triangle bj penn style trapping the arm eventually gets the rear naked choke can't go wrong with that one it's a good finish what i think that? a lot of people thought a sub was going to be coming in this fight whether it was going to be from from levitt or pimblet but yeah obviously it was pimblet and, and he had a good fight he won the first round too mm-hmm. on all three cards so yeah it was a good 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 performance what uh what about you meatball molly molly mccann's i mean she <laughs> I had a feeling she was going to get a big knockout here in front of her, her hometown fans. They really love her there. Uh, she seems to get jazzed up for it. And, you know, she just kind of rolled all over Hannah Goldie. Uh, there, she landed first. She lands a right, and then she lands that like that you know, spinning back uh, elbow. Uh, follows it up with some more punches, and, and Goldie's out. Out she is. Yeah, that's going to be her move now: spinning back elbow. Pretty much, that was a damn good finish. That was that was a good finish for. I mean, she's looking really good. She got. I feel like she got off to kind of maybe like a like a rougher start in the UFC, but she's really starting to catch up. And you know, who knows? I mean, is it is she getting matchups that are favorable for her? I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, she's looking very good, uh, and they're turning in her into you know kind of that secondary star along with uh, Patty Pimblett, right? Mm-hmm. And they're a great team. I mean, look as far as Patty Pimblett. You know, goes. There's still some things maybe I don't love, but him and Molly McCann as a duo are a lot of fun. Yeah, but she put him on his shoulders after, started running mm-hmm. around the arena with him. That was, That's... they're like I said, they're they're a real good time. I, I like the two of them as one entity in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like Molly alone, but also Patty, Patty by himself. Eh. <laughs> Again, he's he's growing on me. Let's, let's okay. put it that way. Yeah, even though he's not growing on Twitter because he's now been uh, suspended by Twitter for the second time. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy because I was just telling you about the fact that his first account was banned, and then all of a sudden, like within an hour, his other account got suspended. Yeah, it was impressive. I, it was almost like I willed that into existence. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Um, but that's it for London. Let's look forward to UFC 277. It's coming Saturday. Juliana Pena against Amanda Nunes in the rematch. What do you think of this one? This is this is the headliner. I don't know. I mean, do you like it? I don't know. No, what, yeah, I like what's your, no, no, your no, sense? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It. Forget about who's gonna win. I'm just talking about what, what do you think of it? Well, I think it's gonna be a good fight. I'm a little new, worried. Nunez on the show, it didn't seem like Nunez. It seemed like Pena had all the confidence in the world. The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, and Nunez is wasn't coming off that way. I feel so like I that's just kind of the way Pena operates. I feel like okay. she she just walks around with with kind of a like a like a strutter step in a sense, okay. you know. It could be. We'll see. On she's, she's always kind of seemed that way. She's always seemed to have this like good self belief, which is, I, I, you know, that's how you get to the top. Good for I her. Mean, I think I, obviously her path to victory is to weather a storm and tire out Nunez. In theory, Again. yeah. I mean, and then, a few ways to get and then there, choke but... her. And then you know, when she's tired, choke her out. Yeah, I mean, maybe she can get it down early. You never know. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. We've already seen what we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean that that certainly makes some sense. I don't know if we'll get there or not. I, it it is definitely it's the most intriguing Amanda Nunes fight we've had in a long time. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I like this one. I, it's it's interesting that it's the headliner here. 
Uh, it's over, of course, in an interim title fight at 125 pounds between Brandon Moreno and Kai Carafrance. You like this fight? Eh, I like the fight. Yes. Uh, for... You like the fight. I'm not. I'm not talking about the belt or not. I'm asking you like yeah, the but, fight. But the belt is part of the fight, and it kind of ruins sure, it. Sure, sure. I'll give you that. And it ruins it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's does an interim belt is a interim belt needed here? Absolutely no. not. Definitely not. Especially like it's not even some sort of excuse to say, well, we didn't have a title fight on this card. Let's put a title fight on it. They already have one. They don't need it. Uh, it's kind of the same way that happened with uh, with Colby Covington and Rafael Dos Anjos a bunch of years back where they weren't even the main event and they still made it an interim title fight. And now they can actually do five-round non-title fights. They couldn't do that before. Now they can and still wanted to do it. I don't know. It's a little weird, but you know what? It's still a good fight. I'm still interested and realistically the winner of this is going to fight Davis and Figueredo anyway. So yeah. there's that, right? Well, yeah. But I mean, it's like he's not going to be out that long. No. So. so I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I don't want the interim belt, but also you, you know that the winner was going to get there at least anyway. So whatever. What are you going to do? There's only so much you know what it feels complaining like? I guess I can do about interim belts. Here's, here's, belt. here's what it feels like. It feels yeah. like we got. It feels like they're like, you know what, Brandon? It was a split decision. It was a really close fight. We're going to give you another shot at, at gold. That's what I don't know if that was it. I mean, they were going like. to do it anyway. Well, they, they were doing that anyway. That's what it feels know? like. That was the plan. They wanted it to be uh, Marino Figueroa 4. Yeah, that would have been. They should just And then 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Wait for that. Mm-hmm. It's going to be as many of those as they're going to be land before times. Put Karen France against someone else. Nah, I mean, I understand. But nah, I think this will still be a fun fight. Flyweights always seem to deliver, right? Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. This is in Texas, but not Houston. It is in Dallas. Met some people from Dallas this weekend. We, yeah, some fine folks from Dallas. Yeah, um, not, not not so many uh, active judges. We don't know who's going to be working that one from from a local standpoint. Although uh, Sal D'Amato did mention that he was going to be among the uh, judges working that one. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least we have Sal there. Um, not sure who else is going to be in town as far as traveling judges either, but. Texas, we don't usually see more than two or three. Chris Lee is often there. Um, Doug Cosby is often there. So stands to reason that one or both of those men will be there. That might be about it. <laughs> as far as traveling judges, like I said, for two title fights, right? Mm. So we'll see. We'll see what the uh, the Dallas judges have to offer. Can they be as bad as the Houston officials? Hopefully not. Um, and I don't want to generalize every single Houston judge or official is bad, but we've seen every event. There's a Houston judge that just turns in a card. Or you're like, past uh, practice seemed to be a theme this weekend, huh? What's so that? Just, just quote past practice. Past practice. That's yeah. been that was the theme of the weekend. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see what we get, but I'm I'll I'll be optimistic. I'll hope I'll hope we'll get some good judging, whether be it from uh, the traveling judges or the uh, the local ones. Just want to get everybody the right wins, you know? Great cards turned in. That's all we want. That's it. Uh, let's let's not break the streak of, I think it's like eight years since since uh, Pearson and Sanchez. <laughs> it's the last time somebody in the UFC really got robbed. And uh, let's not do that again. Let's get, let's, you know, you know how it's like they, they had no accidents at the workplace since X days or whatever. You know, those like signs that used yeah. to be up in like, I don't know if they were real or not. It's like, at this point, it's like, we're so far removed from that time. It's like, were those, were those signs real or were they invented for cartoons? I don't know. But nonetheless, that's kind of what I imagine in my head. It's like been X days since we've had a rob. Maybe we should have a count. Should we have like a count? We're, we're going to add this. I'm going to try We should add this next week. All right. There have been no robberies, you know, in X days. 
I think that'll be that'll be fun. <laughs> UFC robberies, because you know we yeah we get some outside of there too, mm-hmm. but we don't have to worry about those. What what else on the uh, on the card are you looking forward to in uh, in Dallas? Anthony Smith and Magomed Ankalaev. It's a big fight. That's big, a big two hundred five fight. It's basically a title eliminator. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, will they get the next shot? I don't know. It's, Not the next shot, but I mean, now it's a little bottled up. You know, we, we obviously we might get a rematch with uh, with Yuri and and Glover, and there's Jan who's in the picture, right? Yeah, let's hope we get that fight in Madison Square Garden with no that Connor, would be fun. with no Connor attached to the card because I want <laughs> yeah. I want cheaper tickets. Yes, I know. So, I know you, you've mentioned this before. <laughs> it's still going to be expensive, yeah. sir. No. Everything at the Madison Square Garden is expensive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What are you going to do? It's a premium. It's, it's, the, it's the Mecca. It's the world's most famous arena. And all the other things they call themselves. Nah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, for one, am looking forward to Alexandre Pantoja and uh, Alex Perez yeah. at 125 pounds. That's going to be fun. That's a big flyweight fight. It is. Uh, Perez, you know, he had his shot uh, against Figueredo. It didn't work out. I don't think a win's going to get him there, but Pantoja, I mean, a win here could really put him in kind of that mix of whenever they decide they're done doing Moreno and Figueredo fights, he could be right there. So in like six years. Yeah. <laughs> After the best of seven's over, then yes. I, I'm pretty sure I said best of nine before. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're going to like a weird format. <laughs> Actually, you know, I believe this is true. Long time ago, the World Series was a best of nine. The Baseball World Series. Really? I want to say the 1919 uh, White Sox, the ones, uh, you know, Shoeless Joe Jackson and all them. I want to say that was a nine-game series. Wow, okay. Yeah. What else? Yeah, are you looking forward to anything else on this card, though? Not not in the White, not the World Series from 103 years ago? I guess Drew Dober's always fun. Okay. Rafael Alves is uh, who he's fighting, so we'll see. And yes, it turns out I was right. The Reds beat the White Sox five games to three. I like that. You like a, you like a best of nine? Yeah. The, longer, the more baseball, the better. Yeah. 1921 was the the last time they did one. That's it's been about a, a little more than 100 years. They should they should do that more. But yeah, I, I going back to the fight you mentioned, Drew Dober. I'm always interested in his fights. He's he's fun, and he had that obviously that that fantastic fight for however long it lasted against uh, Terrence McKinney. Yeah, that was that was another round of the year contender. Round of the year contender, absolutely. Um, we've had a few of those this year. It's been a fun year. Yeah, and Derek Lewis is also on the card, so. Derek Lewis is on the card. That is true. He he's present on this card, and he will be in action. Presuming he's not scratched between now and the fight. Yeah, he's fighting Sergey Pavlovich. Yep, it's a heavyweight fight, and it's Derek Lewis fight, and probably someone's gonna lose consciousness. I I would I would bet on someone getting knocked out in this first round. What if Derek Lewis does win by submission? Goat. No. Oma Plata maybe. Oma Plata. Oma Plata. If he wins he by Oma Plata, he has one submission win. By goat, by, by Oma Plata, <laughs> the goat. That's what it is. He, he hit an arm bar about twelve years ago. It counts. All right, but I want him to hit an Oma Plata. All right. I also want him to hit a go go Plata, but like you know, I'm keeping my expectations in check. Oh, not me. But anyway, that that is that is it for this one. Uh, you know, looking ahead, we will of course, Dan, have to be doing uh our big ABC you know follow up later this week i'm excited to do this one yeah this is gonna be a, a good episode no you know no event to break down just gonna ex- explain you know what what scott learns in the next three days uh at the conference and how our experience during the the first over the weekend for the uh, training 
Should and I imagine it's going to be a lot of that. It's probably mostly focused on that because I'm not expecting too much in the way of changes, like right rules and regs type stuff, uh, or, or or I should really say scoring criteria type stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll make sure to report back. Yeah, it's going to be good. Don't speak. I forgot which button was the clacker. And that does it for this episode. Breaking down UFC London. We'll be back again midweek to discuss everything ABC. Super excited for that one. Hope you guys are. Hope you tune in. Share it around. And again, you see me in the next few days, give me a holler. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.